podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys, right down Bosco's Boys Lane. Santa Claus, Scott, and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. Chauncey's chewing on a crimson elephant toy, what a beautiful noise. Hang your stockings and fill them with sugar, here comes Bosco's Boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for a, another show. We're starting another week. Got lots of stuff to talk about. Talking about uh, K-State basketball getting a big-time dub over the University of Nebraska at Lincoln. Uh, we got signing day on Wednesday, so we're going to talk about a couple of choice recruits uh, but if, if you want uh, better recruiting coverage, you guys know, check out K-State Online, EMA Online, or Go Powercat. They all cover recruiting uh, very well. And then uh, we're, we're just going to kind of get set for the week. Uh, you know, I, I think shows this week will be on the shorter side. We will have the December Drunk Q&A show. Uh, that will be uh, in your feeds on Tuesday. If you're listening to this early on Monday and want to get your question in, please feel free to do so. Anything, anything and everything on the table, uh, and we will handle that. Uh, But before we get started, specifically on basketball, on what was a super fun night down in downtown Kansas City, Missouri. Remember, we are sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. Are you going to a... Christmas party with coworkers or friends? Are you going back home for Christmas? Are you just, hey, keeping it low-key at home? What you need to do is get some four-packs from Manhattan Brewing Company or some Crowlers. Nothing goes with celebrating Christmas better than Manhattan Brewing Company. It doesn't matter what sort of beer drinker you are. It doesn't matter what you like. I guarantee they have something that is going to become your new favorite beer. Also, if you're in Manhattan, be sure to check out all those great Christmas decorations right down there in downtown Manhattan on Points Avenue. I promise you're going to have a great time inside their brewery and tap room. They also have a full stocked bar with some signature cocktails as well. So get into Manhattan Brewing Company the next time you're in Manhattan. Enjoy a couple beers, enjoy a couple cocktails, just enjoy yourself. All right, let's get into it. All right, um, first and foremost, just the atmosphere around downtown Kansas City was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to say it was very busy. I think there was like a uh, youth and high school cheerleading competition at one of the convention centers. So there was tons of traffic down there. There was the 12 beers of Christmas uh, thing going, or not, 12 bars of Christmas, excuse me, charity event uh, uh, bar crawl that was going on. And, uh, of course, you had all sorts of K-State and Nebraska fans. Um, It's just a fun atmosphere down there. Now, it wasn't quite at the level 
of the Big 12 tournament. But it was a very fun cross-section of people all down there uh, celebrating or going to different activities. It really is a fun uh, venue, fun place to be when stuff is going on. Uh, I wouldn't be caught dead in power and light uh, if there wasn't a K-State basketball game or the Big 12 tournament going on at the Sprint Center. Uh, it's, you know, I, I'm i an old man. I'm going to bed, you know, at the latest at 10 o'clock. So I'm not I'm not going to, you know, PBR, uh, or not PBR, P, PR, the rodeo bar, whatever it's called up there. I'm not going to the Shark Club or any of these random places in Power and Light. Um, but I think, you know, catching a couple beers at McFadden's or no other pub before going across the street and catching some basketball, I mean, that is a, uh, a vibe that is unmatched. I had so much fun before the game. And, and again, it really is a fun, uh, just a fun place to be when basketball is being played. It, it really is making me super excited for the Big 12 tournament uh, this year. I'm probably going to be taking some days off and Ubering uh, from Shawnee down to uh, T-Mobile Center uh, for the Big 12 tournament. It is just a lot of fun to catch games down there. Another thing, I believe the announced attendance was 13,184. That is the best attendance we've had since, I believe it was the 2018 game versus Vanderbilt, uh, which eventually would turn into the Big 12 championship year. So it was a very good crowd. Um, Got rowdy a couple times. I I think we're still a a ways off. From having some of those atmospheres in T-Mobile like we did back in the day when we first started playing games there. There's a lot that went into it. You know, you used to have some very high caliber teams that were coming in. Uh, The T-Mobile Center, uh, Sprint Center at the time, brand new arena, uh, fever pitch around K-State basketball. I mean, because we've had 18,000 in that building before all going wild for the Cats. But it was still, I mean, it, it was a great atmosphere. That's going to be one of the largest crowds uh, that K-State plays in front of all season. Probably the largest pro-Cats crowd we're going to see all season. And the team put on a show. And you can see that the players and then Jerome Tang really loved playing in front of all those K-State fans. Jerome Tang, the players were hyping up the crowd after big plays. Um, Like I said, on on a handful of occasions, it got pretty rowdy in there. Um, And it it, it truly was a a fun atmosphere to be in. Uh, Credit to the Nebraska fans, you know, right that corner behind their bench, you know, they probably had probably like a thousand, a thousand fans uh, back there, maybe a little bit more. Um, and they got loud a couple times as well. It created a really fun atmosphere for that, uh, you know, Kansas City game before Christmas. I think, I think next year it is Wichita State. Um, and, and that one really could be a wild one, especially if K State is coming off of a good year. They start off hot. And, uh, you know, the, the, I'm sure there'll be plenty of Wichita State fans in the building for that one as well. But uh, 
It's a fun one. It's a tradition I love. I love going to those games. My dad came down to it. We've always had a tradition of going to K-State uh, basketball games right before Christmas. So, uh, it was it was a blast. I absolutely loved it. Now, if you get into the actual game, it is highly encouraging from a, a, a macro sense for a couple reasons. First off, where Nebraska currently is in the net, and things can change, that is going to be considered a quad two win. So that's a quality win. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, when you just look at the score, that's a 15-point victory where Vegas had you as three-point favorites. I think Ken Palm had it as a four-point game. This is a game where K-State overachieved and won by far more than all these analytical models predicted. That tells me that K-State is more than capable of not only winning more comfortably in some of these games that the predictive models will say is a close one, but there's no real game that you look at and say, hey, they have no chance. You know, especially at home, especially in front of a pro K-State crowd. Because you can see how this coaching staff and this team really feeds off of it. You know, you look at some of these games, uh, Baylor, Texas, TCU, KU at home. I don't think any of those games are beyond uh, winning when you get the crowd going. They feed off of that so much. I think that's a big thing that I took away from this game on Saturday. The other thing that I, I that really sticks with me is K-State was able to take away the number one option for Nebraska. I talked all last week about how Nebraska is far better than what I think we all wanted to believe they were. They had... Walker, who is the Kansas City kid. Derek Walker, coming back to Kansas City. I think he was a Park Hill South kid. Just going off in some of these games, we hold him to 1 of 5 from the field and got him in foul trouble early, so he's only he only played 27 minutes. Held him to 7 points. We had an amazing game where we knew... This guy could cause us some problems. And we found ways to take him out of the game, whether it was get him in foul trouble early, to probably, you know, get him off the floor for, you know, seven minutes, probably seven more minutes than uh, they wanted him to be on the bench. They probably wanted him around the 30 to 35 minutes that game. Held him to 27 minutes. He was only able to get up five shots. Which is another massive thing about that. Now, we did foul him. We, we fouled him a couple times. He was 5 of 6 from the free throw line. But that was part of just making his life miserable. Him only getting 7 points, only being 1 of 5 from the field, that was a massive defensive performance. And when you really look at how we played on defense, that might have been one of our better performances of, of the year. Nebraska only shot 32% from the field, only 19% from three. 19% from three. 
from three. Forced 18 turnovers. Forced 18 turnovers. Now, we turned the ball over 14 times. Keontae Johnson with four of them. But we're not going to worry about the negatives right now. So doing that to a team in, in Nebraska, and, and here's the thing. Nebraska is going to be battling for an NIT berth. Nebraska is not going to be on some NCAA bubble or anything like that. Because, again, they did get that big win versus Creighton, but Creighton's spiraling. Creighton has not won a game in the month of December. No, Creighton is on a... What? You know, well, you know, that they, they, like, kicked ass in Maui. So, good for them. But they lost to Texas, Nebraska, BYU, Arizona State, and now Marquette. You know, they're on a five-game losing streak. But they did take... Nebraska did take Purdue to overtime, but... Nebraska is is a salty team that is going to be an NIT bubble type team. And they had some guys that matched up with where I have concern, which is post-defense. So being able to get that performance in a game where I had some nerves, I walk away from that feeling real good. And another thing, and we just got to say it, Keontae Johnson needs to be on everybody's radar for Big 12 Player of the Year. This guy goes for 23 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, or 4 steals, 2 assists, 34 minutes, 2 of 3 from 3, 9 of 13 from the field. Keontae Johnson is a player who is going to be first team all Big 12. And like I said, he is playing at a level that we have, I mean, maybe Dean Wade. I mean, he, he Dean Wade, different type of players. Um, but he, he's definitely playing better than anyone since Dean Wade. And I think you can make an argument playing better than anyone kind of in that, you know, 3-4 range. You know, maybe since Michael Beasley. Again, I, I think he's playing better than Dean Wade ever did for us. I think if you're if you're excluding like backcourt players because you know Barry Brown, uh, Jacob Pollen, you know you, you've had some very good guard. Well, I actually the player I should be saying he's playing at a level that we haven't either seen since Dean Wade, Rodney Magruder. I mean th- that's the type of player that this guy is reminding me of, but with a little bit more aggression. You know, Keontae Johnson is the reason why this team has a shot to go to the NCAA tournament. Now, I, I I don't have any sort of anxiety about the future because I believe in Jerome Tang and him being able to find players to get us to postseason play, compete for Big 12 titles, all that type of stuff. But you do start to like wonder, man, what what, what would we be looking like if it wasn't for Keontae Johnson? You know, because he does go off for twenty three, and at the end of the at the end of the game, uh, you know, Tomlin got to fifteen, Cam Carter got to ten, Marquise Noel got to thirteen. So we still had that nice distribution of scoring. But when you see Keontae out there, and he's going nine of thirteen from the field, I, I mean, I, I kind of wish this guy was getting twenty shots up. 
But that's the thing about him. He isn't selfish. He's a player who is looking to get others involved. And quite frankly, some of those turnovers come from him trying to force a pass because he had four turnovers. It comes from him trying to force a pass and force some stuff to teammates when, hey, honestly, Keontae, just go up there and get a bucket. Get yours. You know, and the fact that he is willing to be unselfish, the the fact that he's grabbing steals, he's playing defense out there, this is an unselfish superstar. Uh, the, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit for Keontae and for this team when he is hot. You know, you also look at Naquan Tomlin. Naquan Tomlin, 2 of 5 from 3, but he went uh, 6 of 10 from the field. So he went 4 of 5 from 2, grabbed 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 seals, 2 block shots, 34 minutes. He was just a guy who came to work and just took care of business. That is the exact type of game that you want to see from Naquan Tomlin the entire season. I don't know if we are going to see him turn into a superstar this year in Big 12 play, which I think he's going to be capable of and something that I'm going to look for him to have next year. But he's still getting his feet under and playing big-time basketball. But he was exactly what we needed. Now you look at Cam Carter and Marquise Noel. Cam Carter, 3 of 10, 2 of 5 uh, from 3. Marquise Noel, 3 of 11 from 3. 0 of 3 from 2. Not a perfect game by any means. Uh, but a, a lot of those were kind of late in the shot clock type stuff. Offense isn't working. Those guys just get, getting the shots up. But they were both perfect from the free throw line. Helped ice out the game. Marquise Noel had 7 assists, 2 seals. And again, like I said, perfect from the free throw line to ice out the game, getting 13 points. Desi Sills, Tyke Green combined for seven points off the bench. Now, if you're going to get to some of the concerning stuff, only having two guys coming off the bench um, scares me coming into Big 12 play. Um, whether it's buy-in, whether it is, you know, just... Getting healthy, I don't know what the issue is, but we need Bebe and Ish, I believe, at least one of these guys, uh, to get healthy enough and confident enough that they can give us some time out on the floor. God forbid Gasson, Johnson, or Tomlin get in foul trouble. You know, we'd be we we'd have an issue. Johnson went for 34 minutes, Gasson 31. Naquan Tomlin, 34. Marquise Noel, 37. Cam Carter, 26. Desi Sills, 28. Tyke Green, 10 minutes. You know, that is a massive burden that you are putting on your starters. And I talked about how there isn't a team in the conference that you're just going to chalk up a loss inside Bramlage Coliseum. I do wonder and I do worry how this team is going to handle some of these road game environments where maybe the calls don't go your way. Maybe you get in foul trouble early, some of these guys. All of a sudden, you're needing someone to come off the bench, especially if you know it's Tomlin or 
uh, Gasson getting in foul trouble. You're going to need Ish. You're going to need Bebe to come in there and give you minutes. And it has been a long time, a very long time, since we've seen either one of those guys give you more than like eight minutes. I think, you know, Ish got eight minutes uh, last Sunday before he got, or uh, when he, uh, when we were playing. That was versus a bad Incarnate Word team. So, so I have some concerns there. And then, of course, you have that seven-minute stretch where you don't get a bucket. Uh, that that came at a really bad part of the, uh, of the game. You know, stretch run. Granted, you're up by close to 20. I think you're up to up by 19. Uh, but then you give up a, what was it, a 12-3 run? 10-0 run, something like that. It got a little dicey a little bit late. Again, you go on a run to win by 15, so it's no harm, no foul. But again, you do have that long scoring drought. I do think Jerome Tang, and if I was going to have some you know, call-outs, I do think when you're going through one of these super long droughts, you have to just run plays specifically for Keontae Johnson uh, to get a look at the bucket. When he is shooting at the clip that he is, not only from three, but from two as well, you need to do whatever it takes to get him looks, especially when you're going through these droughts. And I get it. I think at different points, Nebraska was going in a 1-3-1 look, double-teaming Keontae whenever he got the ball. I, I understand. I understand they made it tough. But that is something we're going to have to figure out Sooner rather than later in Big 12 play. You know, we're sitting here as I'm recording it 13 days away from facing West Virginia, who's currently a top 10 team in the net rankings. You know, at home. And again, it's going, I, I, I'm done kind of questioning, you know, if crowds are going to show up because, it, you know, it was a great crowd in Kansas City. It was a much better crowd versus West Virginia than I anticipated. But it's not going to be some rabid crowd. You know, it's New Year's Eve. You're not going to have many students there, is my assumption. You're going to have a lot of folks in New Orleans. So are they going to be able to bring the juice themselves to get what would be a massive win when you're talking about NCAA tournament resume? So we'll see what happens there. Um... And that's where all my eyes are. You know, I, I will be at that game versus Radford 1.30 on Wednesday. If you see me in Bramlage, come say hi. But all my eyes now uh, for this basketball team are laser-focused on New Year's Eve versus West Virginia. Bob Huggins coming back, I think, for like the 10th time? I guess it will be his 10th time back in Bramlage Coliseum. Um, so uh, I, I'm laser focused there again, just when it doesn't matter how ugly that game versus Radford is, I'm sure it's going to be ugly because those kids are going to be getting ready. They're going to already have their, their bags packed and they're going to head to the airport from, uh, the game to catch flights home for Christmas. And I'm glad, and I'm glad I, I know a lot of folks are just saying, why, why is this game at one third? Well, it's going to make it easier for those guys to get back to home a day earlier for Christmas. So. You know, I, I all in all, it, it was a great game. We shot the ball, we, you know, 35% from three, 
40% from the field. Only 68% from the free throw line, which I don't love, but I do love getting to the line 19 times. Ultimately, outside of that eight-minute stretch in the second half, it was a dominating performance. And they put on a great show. I don't think anyone who listens to the show uh, you know, isn't buying into Jerome Tang or isn't buying into this basketball season. But if you're on the fence, I think it's time to jump on. I think this team is highly entertaining. They're throwing down dunks. They're playing great defense. They have a lot of heart. You have a coaching staff with a ton of energy. So it's just a fun brand of basketball. So I, I, I hope, and here's the other thing. You, you, you got a little bit of taste of this, you know, that very first home game. You got a little taste of it if you're able to go to the West Virginia game or the Wichita State game. You got a little taste of it in the T-Mobile Center on Saturday. But, folks, you know, it's getting a little doomy, you know. I Is it ever going to get back to that rabid, just almost like, scary type of crowd atmosphere. I don't know. I don't know. You know, the the evolution of going to games live has changed for students and for, you know, the olds, as I like to say. So is it ever going to have that feeling where like, oh man, this crowd wants to murder someone. I don't know if it'll ever get back to that point. But it's starting to feel a little familiar. That wild crowd energy, that, that, you know... Just that feeling that courses through your veins when you see the hype videos before the game. Those energies are coming back. So I I would say, hey, get in there for especially like a Saturday Big 12 game. You know, it sucks that one of them is wasted on New Year's Eve, but hey, it is what it is. Get back in, experience it. Take it back in because it is starting to truly feel like an experience again. Before we get on talking a little bit about football getting ready for Sugar Bowl and National Signing Day, also remember we are sponsored by Charlie Hustle. I was rocking my Charlie Hustle crew neck sweatshirt yesterday and I saw a lot of you that were as well. It's probably a little late to get a Christmas present uh, if you're going to order it online, but guess what? They have their shop open on the Country Club Plaza and select retailers in Manhattan. So you can get the most stylish and comfortable officially licensed K-State gear for your loved one to get under the tree before December 25th. Also, uh, I don't remember if I said this at the beginning of the show. I'm pretty sure today is the second day of Hanukkah. So, you know, eight days of gifts, eight days of celebration for Hanukkah. So go out there, get a Charlie Hustle t-shirt or sweatshirt, joggers, long sleeve tee, accessories, you know, down at the Country Club Plaza or, you know, places in Manhattan and get it for one of those nights of Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah to everyone out there celebrating Hanukkah as well. We'll do a little K-State football recruiting news and uh, a little bit of Sugar Bowl news. Uh, First off, National Signing Day is on Wednesday. Trying to get a special guest from the football staff uh, to talk signing day after it's all said and done. Don't know if we're going to be able to make that happen, but, you know, I'm friends with a few people who cover recruiting for their, uh, you know, for their job. So, uh, we'll we'll probably, probably have a show on Friday for you guys, in your feed on Friday. Uh, Is that Christmas Eve? Friday Christmas? No. 
Friday's the 23rd. So we will have a some sort of recruiting show in your guys' feed on the 30th to recap National Signing Day. Now, there's a few signatures that I'm really going to be watching for on Wednesday as I'm in Manhattan. I'll be checking Twitter, you know, during the... Uh, I'll be at the women's game as well, at the men's and women's games. Uh, the first one is Will Lee. Will Lee is... <clears throat> excuse me. We, we talked about him uh, a couple weeks ago. He's out of Iowa Western. And he is the number three defensive back in all of junior college. He is a four-star on, on three. And... This guy, he's the number 10 Juco player, according to On3, in the nation. In the consensus. On3 has him as the number 15. The consensus that takes all the other ratings have him as the number 10. This guy has absolutely blown up because of the performance he put in In the Juco National Championship game. This kid has Tennessee coming after him. This kid has Alabama coming after him. Florida State. Iowa. He has all sorts of heavy hitters. In the bluest of blue bloods. Trying to flip him. From K-State. This is going to be one. And he at least on social media. Has made sure. To, you know he he's tweeting out stuff about K-State. Arkansas is coming after him. Arkansas, Alabama, Iowa, Florida State. Auburn, Tennessee. All sorts of folks coming after him. He's tweeting at folks saying. Hey no you, you need to come to K-State. He's tweeting out his graphics. K-State. I think we're going to get him. But that is going to be one I am anxiously watching uh, until we get the confirmation. This kid is the real deal. This kid is the real deal. This kid is going to be a day one starter. This kid is going to be a future all-conference player. And this kid is going to be a future NFL draft pick. This, assuming they hold on, will be... Maybe the biggest recruiting win, or at least a top five recruiting win, in the Chris Kleiman era. The other name I'm going to be anxiously awaiting, who is committed to K-State, four-star out of Olathe South, Jordan Allen. This is another four-star This is another guy who is a top five player in the state of Kansas. He's a top 40 edge rusher in his class. He is someone who has rebuffed a lot, a lot of folks who have come calling for him. He has just said, thanks but no thanks to Tennessee. He said... Thanks, but no thanks to Iowa. He said, thanks, but no thanks to Missouri. KU. UK. 
USC, Washington, Nebraska. But there's one program sniffing around. They had an in-home visit, and that's Oklahoma, Brent Venables. Now, I think everything is going to be fine. But that is the number two name of our commitments that I'm really going to be watching. I'm not even, I'm not going to say I'm worried. But again, that's another one that they are having to play defense on to try to keep him around. It's another one where he's a four-star kid where you have blue bloods coming after him. And assuming you hold on to him, it's going to be another corner piece of this recruiting class. So that's going to be one where we're all kind of sitting on our hands and hands and you know, sitting on our hands, I don't know, twiddling our thumbs, nervously pacing. Uh, and, and once that signature comes through, you're gonna have a nice little fist bump and say, all right, got it over the finish line. So those are the two ones that are commitments. The other one that I'm going to be really watching, so there's three that I'm going to be watching very closely on signing day, on Wednesday. The other one is Trey Spivey. Now this is another borderline four-star type guy. He's a top 10 player in Arizona. Depending on the uh, you know rankings you like to use, 8, 9, 10, Anywhere in there. Ultimately, I think it's going to be coming down between us, Arizona, and Oklahoma State. He also has offers from Arizona State and BYU. This is a kid who was playing in the Army All-American game. Uh, Same game, but different team as Avery Johnson. uh, Who lit it up, by the way, in the Army All-American game. And... He would be to go alongside with Andre Davis. And then you have Keegan Johnson as well. And all these young skill players we have coming in. Would be just another fun weapon for Avery Johnson to play with. 6'4", 185 out of Arizona. Again, Army All-American game participant. Uh, This is just another borderline blue chip prospect. Um, which would just continue to improve on what is going to be K-State's best recruiting class probably since 2007. So that is going to be one um, that you're hoping to add to the group. I I, I think he's announcing uh, late morning, early afternoon. So again, uh, check out K-State Online, EMA Online, Go Powercat. All three of them I'm sure will be covering... Uh, signing day all day. I know they will. And they'll have some insight on some of these battles that are going up to the wire. Ultimately, though, this is going to be one of the best recruiting classes K-State has seen. And it's going to be the best one we've seen, uh, you know, in this post-Ron Prince era. You know, Ron Prince had some good recruiting classes. He can't do anything with it. But this is a recruiting class to be very excited for. I think you have 
quite a few future pros, quite a few future all-conference type players. This is the type of recruiting class uh, that if Chris Kleiman can build on, if this can become the new norm and not the exception, so if, you know, anywhere between 30 and 40, you know, 29 to 40 can become the baseline expectations and occasionally pop into the top 25 while continue, continuing to be super good in the portal. That's the type of stuff that sets you up to be, you know, I mean, a perennial Big 12 championship contender. So I'm pumped for it. Uh, remember, sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company, the best craft brewery in the entire state of Kansas, and Charlie Hustle, the most comfortable and stylish officially licensed K-State gear in the world. Um, some Sugar Bowl news before we call it a day. Uh, sounds like Alabama's going to have zero opt-outs, uh, which is wild. We will be playing against two top three NFL draft picks in that Sugar Bowl. You know, probably the number one quarterback and the number one defensive player coming off the board in Kansas City, Missouri at the draft this spring. And when that was announced, when Nick Saban said that in his press availability, the line shot from like two and a half, three up to seven. So we know what Vegas thinks. Um, and it, and it, it is going to make it a lot tougher. It's going to make the game a lot tougher. But hey, we got our own future pros on our team. We have a motivated team. Um, I'm not mailing it in. I'm not going to boycott the game now. Um, it's going to be a fun one. And again, if K-State can pull it off now with these players at Alabama playing, no opt-outs. Again, they've had some transfers, but none of them have been any superstars transferring out. It will go down as the greatest bowl win we've ever had. And if you look at it achievement-wise, this might be the greatest season K-State has ever had. That's what's going to be on the line on uh, you know New Year's Eve down in New Orleans. So I'm excited for it. It's going to be a heavyweight uh, fight. I'm looking forward to hearing you know some stuff come out of you know the uh, practices. Uh, you know I, I, we probably won't hear anything. Honestly, we probably won't hear anything until uh, you know they start having their media availability down in New Orleans the week of the game. Uh, but I'm excited. I can't wait to watch that game, and uh, you know it's going to just be the perfect way to end what has been a really fun year talking and watching K-State sports. Um, so that's all we have. Again, uh, I think most of the shows this week are going to come in around that 40-minute mark. So uh, if you get the chance, if you're listening to it early, send in any and all questions on topic, off topic, whatever it is, I will like 99% chance answer it. While I have a couple drinks, after I had a couple drinks for the annual Drunk December Q&A episode. So if you're listening early in the day, tweet it in. Use hashtag AskBosco. We will have a live show on Wednesday, 7 p.m. Um, so that is signing day. So we'll talk K-State basketball. We'll talk signing day. We'll talk Sugar Bowl. We will do all of that stuff. Um, we probably will have a show that pops into your RSS feed on Friday recapping signing day. So we're going to have at least four episodes. We might get the fifth. We might keep it going. 
Um, again, I, I'm going to try to make it happen. Um, we'll see. The following week, that might be tough. That might be tough. You know, coming off of a weekend of Christmas activities, I got my birthday that week as well. We will have a version of a bowl preview. We will have a version of a primers type episode. We will have episodes that week. Will it be five? I don't know. I don't know. We got two weeks left in the year. I'm going to try to make it happen, but we'll see. So for Chauncey Bosco, the best dog in the world and my co-host, for all the boneheads that I got to see in Kansas City and the ones I didn't, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays. Remember, in the season of giving, if you have the means, please consider giving to a charitable organization near and dear to your heart. But above all, we love you guys, and go Cats.
Sports Social Podcast Network.